0: And every heart receptive, receive your word today. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. As I wrap up this conference this morning on the overflow, I want to quickly, if you would, go back to what we started with last Sunday, which is the most beautiful psalm, Psalm 23. If you go there with me, please. There are many people who have bought the lie of the devil concerning who our Heavenly Father is, and they bought the lie concerning who Jesus is. But the Bible is very plain when it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means in that scripture that God gave his best because if you have only one and you give it, if you have 10 and you give one, you've got nine left. But if you only have one and you give that one, you're giving the best that you have. For God so loved you me, that he gave the best that he had, Jesus, so that whosoever, it didn't come with stipulation, only for certain groups of people in this geographic region of the world. It's only for certain people with certain economic, you know, whatever. Who's who? For God so loved that he gave his best for whosoever. Our job is go to tell everybody something that they didn't know, that they're whosoever. Because they were never told they were whosoever. You hear what they said about that place in Germany where they've never heard. There's places in the world that have never heard. What God is doing with us, he's filling us up to overflow. So everywhere we go, everybody to us is a whosoever. People that are wandering in darkness, People that are bound by sin, by shame, find themselves in a deep and dark pit. They don't know how to get out because they've been told by religious circles, you're worth nothing. God doesn't love you. They didn't know. They know what they're doing is wrong, but they think God hates them, and that's a lie. He doesn't like what they're doing, but he loves them. To find out that suddenly you are now whosoever opens up whole realm of new possibilities. What? You mean I'm eligible for this? Yes, I've got a fine print over here in a document that was written a long, long time ago and this document is the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus Christ. This document is for everybody. They don't know it. Someone died and left you in their will. What? I don't even have family that have anything. Nobody's left me one thing. No, it's we've got it in fine print. He died, he left you. You mean my name's in there? Yes, it's called whosoever. The lost, the dying, that walk the streets all alone, under a bridge, destitute. But it could be the wealthy stuck in debt, beyond imagination, not knowing how they're going to get out of it and standing on top of a tall building thinking, I'll just jump. He is the whosoever too. But he thought he was somebody and thought that by his own money or power that he would be able to save himself. He had his own way of getting there, as the Scripture declares, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. God knew that. God knew that no matter what we did, we couldn't save ourselves, And so he had to do a major rescue operation and he wasn't gonna send an angel. He was gonna send his very best because you were worth that Somebody said, no, pastor, I'm worthless. People have told me I'm worthless. And that's what they told you. But they don't know either. Yeah. yeah, but that was a preacher. He doesn't even know. He doesn't even have a revelation. That's why he can't communicate properly. Because it's not a reality to him. He knows about it. But he's only got one part of What's written in the document. See, you can get one part of what's written in the document and you can get hung up on a few clauses and you can run around and say that categorically says this and that. And yeah, you're right, but you haven't read the whole will. You don't read the whole will and testament. Yes, that says that. And yes, that is a clause, but you've got to read the whole thing. God, somebody said, I thought we were in Psalm 23. We we are, just a second. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he gave his very best, his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, here's the part of the clause that they don't see. For God did not send his son of the world to condemn the world. So people are running around with the claws of convicts. You're going to die, you're rotten, you filthy, dirty, get out of here. I don't like your language, please clean up your language. I walk into places, people are cussing like a sailor. I don't say one word. I don't say, excuse me, please, if you don't mind, change the language. I am a reverend. I say nothing. Somebody say, well, you condone that. No, they don't know how to speak. If people have a speech impediment, I mean, you know. That's their language. They don't know how to speak. They can't put the words together. They, it's it's blinkety blank and a couple of things you understand, then blinkety blank That's just their language. They don't understand how to express themselves. You can pick it up through the blinks and the blanks. Amen? And don't take it personally. It just goes in their language, whatever they say. It doesn't mean you are it. Are you with me? <laughs> I've been called everything under the sun, and even that's by preachers. <laughs> Somebody said, You haven't been cast down by preachers. Cursed out by preachers? I've had preachers extend the middle digit <laughs> of their finger. Towards me. I thought they were saying, This is the greatest service I've ever been in, and you're number one. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought it was that. I didn't realize, yeah, that's what, not what they mean. I was just telling Donica, look, those people love us. They're happy to be here. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world for him might be saved. The world. The world. Every tribe. Every tongue. Every nation. So when you look at this beautiful psalm, tell you these pages blow. So light. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I will not lack. I'm not going to lack. Why? Because the good shepherd is looking after me. And once you meet the good shepherd, you want to run around the world and you want to tell everybody, I have found the good shepherd, and his name is Jesus. Now, what I find in the church world is people know all that and then they run around and, but there's no, there's no connection between the words they say in the mouth and what's really in their heart. I mean, because here's the thing with sinners, they know when they meet a phony person. They know when they meet somebody who say, I just want to tell you about Jesus. He saved my soul. I was on my way to heaven and the Lord came to treat me. He can save you too, you need to repent. There's nothing there, you know what I'm saying? There's no like, like what? It's like some people, so happy, married my wife, really love her, she's a good lady. I mean, there's nothing there. They get more excited about a restaurant they went to. Man, I went to this restaurant. It is the greatest steak you've ever eaten in your life. Every mouth, every bite melts in your mouth. The flavor hits you in the top of your head and goes all the way down to your toes. Somebody said, where is it? Are you with me? You never heard anybody come from Burger King saying that. You never heard anybody come from McDonald's saying that. You meet them and they go What's wrong? The toy of the Happy Meal. I was so hungry past I didn't realize I grabbed it and the toy and I was eating and it got stuck in my throat. So every time they talk, there's a whistle. I mean, when you can tell a testimony and your testimony doesn't move you, it's probably fake. You know what I mean? I have a testimony to tell you. uh, And you hear it and you go, yeah, right. People grab me in the lobby and tell me a testimony. When they get up here with the mic, it's a totally different story. I go... Um, um, excuse me, then i just leave it alone. That's not what you told me in the lobby, but guess what? I'm not going to correct you here. Just leave it alone. I should have a camera there filming the stories I hear in the lobby. The moment you get them up, they tell some other story. You go, what? Okay. All right. I must be, I must be confused. I heard wrong. Anyway, so it's possible. And they hear wrong about Jesus. They hear wrong about Jesus. They're wrong about him. Does, does that mean we condone? No, we don't. Does it mean that we don't rebuke? No, we rebuke. Yeah, right. Does it mean we don't reprove? No, we reprove. Right. Just telling you, we love people with all our heart, but you can find yourself rebuked here. You, I don't want to ask for a show of hands how many somebody got rebuked here at one time <laughs> 26 years of the church. No, and it's not that we go around looking to rebuke people. But that helped us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got people thanking me for the rebuke. Thank you, Pastor. It was because they know that you love them. You love them. So you bring correction. Are you with me? So with the right information and the experience of that information, that information is then communicated because the overflow does not come from a lot of words and notes and all the nice because even to go from here with a hashtag one liner. You know you know how preachers put a hashtag like a phrase, you know, with the name attached to the hashtag. Go, go, do, go walk in the inner city and go hashtag and give your phrase and see what happens. No, I'm not taking away from what I understand all that. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just trying to tell you, the, the world is not going to feel anything over your hashtag. Sure. Blah, 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 blah. A tragedy happens somewhere in the world. Pray for Los Angeles. Yeah. We get on a plane, we go to Los Angeles, we go pray for Paris. We've already been there. I ain't praying nothing. Somebody say, please pray. People all the time, pray for Israel. Somebody pray for Iraq, pray for Iran. We're praying for everybody. Pray for Vietnam. We pray for Vietnam all the time. But we do more than that. We give, we sow, we send missionaries. See, because there's a lot of people with the religious verbiage, pray for Tampa, I'm praying, pray for people, oh, there's homeless, there's poor people, yeah, we pray for them. Oh, it's just terrible, we just pray. Let's all just pray. We don't just pray. Our love for Jesus moves us to go do something about it, to bring about change and the reality of the revelation of what's in The last will and testament overflows from us. I got so blessed Friday night. A young man who'd been here in the meetings, he came up to me before the service and he showed a picture of himself and myself from years ago. And he said, do you remember this? I said, yeah. He said, where was it? I said, Capitol Hill Club 2014. He said, that's exactly right. I said, how old were you? He said, I was about 20 years old. I said, if you remember, I went for you. He said, you did. I said, I took you and your friend. You had a friend with you, didn't you? He said, yes. And I said, I went for you. And I said, I think I spoke quite a while to you. He said, you spent two hours with us. Well. Let me tell you, there was other politicians there and leaders, and they irritated me, so I left them, and I saw these two kids standing at the side. I said, I'm not wasting my time with these jackasses, yeah? I'm going to go over here. I'm going to get these two kids. And I said, what do you do? And they said, we are here. We are interning in government. I said, but i look at you, and I see the call of God in your life. And I said, you can go into that. If God calls you to do that, that's fine. But there's a greater call and a higher call. And I spent two hours, I wanted to get them here. I wanted to get them here in River University. I mean, I preached like I was preaching to 10,000 people. I mean, the power God was on them. I mean, the power of God was on me, you know. You, you imagine me preaching like this, and it's just you and me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's no, there's no guessing who he's talking to. Are you with me? Are oh, you talking to the person behind me? No, we're talking to you. We're talking to you. And I left because I didn't felt I got anywhere and I left. I went away, I actually got back to the hotel and I thought, I, I just spent several hours and I got no results and I felt bummed out. But you know, I went and ate a steak so I felt a little bit better, <laughs> you know nothing like a steak to just solve the problem are you with me this is really nothing like it i'm not talking about plant-based meat i'm talking about a real steak that comes from a cow a real cow amen so he shows up yeah I said, so what actually happened to you? He said, well, I wandered around the government for a couple of years, but he said, then I felt the pull to go to the ministry. I said, oh, really? He said, yes. What you don't know is I went to Asbury Seminary. I said, you did? He said, yeah. And he said, you know, I've been watching you since I was five years old. So I go to Asbury Seminary, he said, over a year ago, back in early thing, I had a revival then, bodies were falling out of the power and I was laying hands on people and I got into a lot of trouble and I've called two guys out and prophesied over them and they the ones that started what happened here in the early part of January. He said, you didn't even know that. This is a black kid that I, I thought he would be lost into the political system and the five got in and he said, now I'm starting a church in Lexington, Kentucky. We just started on Easter Sunday. And he said, you didn't even know that pastor. And I said, what about your friend? He said, he's in the full-time ministry too. And I left you. I went to my bus, I cried my eyes out Friday night. I thought I didn't waste my time talking to those kids. I spoke to them. It took three years to engage. They didn't come here, but they went there and sparked something there. Somebody said, well, you claiming. I'm not claiming nothing, Jack. I didn't make the story up. He came and told me, I only found it out Friday night somebody with the fire of God, when they started laying hands on people, bodies falling out of the power. And then he prophesied over two kids and the rest is history. Can you say that? I was so encouraged. So what happened that day in 2014 in the Capitol Hill Club, there was an overflow to two young men. And that overflow didn't engage for a couple of years, but it did engage. I pulled him up on, on his YouTube and he's walking walk around prophesying, Phil, pick him up, Phil, fire. I thought, oh my God. I mean, yeah. He had no Asbury Seminary, I'll tell you right now. Kid, kid was in the fire. The kid was in the fire. Are you with me? Now, would I have liked him to come here? I would have loved for him to be here. But he went there. But the Lord knows and God takes people where they go. So, You will go from here and there'll be an overflow from you and you might not see the result that you want at the moment, but don't underestimate the power of the Holy Ghost because, listen, if what you are doing, you're doing just out of the soulish realm, it it will produce nothing. But whatever you do that's out of the overflow of the Spirit of God shall produce great and mighty things, eternal things, as we pray every service here, Lord, cause the effect of this service to have far-reaching results even unto eternity. Even tonight as we come to the graduation of River University, 25th anniversary edition, if you want to call it. That's what these students are. The fact that when they move out of here and where they're going to go there's going to be an overflow from them in cities towns villages and places and I want to encourage the whole church if you can't be here tonight somebody said at least come see me dressed up in a frock <laughs> I'll even do, go like this especially for you He makes me to lie down in fresh, tender green pastures. He leaves me beside the still and the restful waters. He refreshes. How many being been refreshed this week? Yes. Didn't I tell you last Sunday you were going to be refreshed? He refreshes and restores my life. Who feels like your life has been refreshed and restored? There's many people that came in here dragging the tail. People came in here off the plains. Some people came in here, they've been riding, they've been riding the trails for, for months, hadn't had a bath. I mean, we had to take them right in the lobby as I grabbed them and shook their hands. I'd have dipped them in a tank and just clean them up. Some of them felt the power of the moon. I grabbed their hands and, and then they walked in here and, and they come to the altar and power God shook them. And we, by the time we scrubbed them up real good, you know, got the smell of the dirt off of them, amen. And some of it wasn't even uh, sin per se. Some of it was just religion and tradition. I mean, they've been put through the ringer. I mean, been hanging around a bunch of preachers and been hanging around, you know, certain abominations, and they just got infected. You know, people came in there with a staff infection. <laughs> they were here with their staff, and the staff was infected, and we had to get that cleaned out. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. So, you can't earn this. Somebody said, well, let me earn it. You can't. It's free. It's free. It's given to you. It's, it's a grace gift. Your salvation is not earned. It's a grace gift handed to you by the Father. Say, so come on. You want it, whoever you are. Come on. I give it to you. And, but he is the only provisor with this gift. If I give you this gift, you cannot keep it to yourself. You have to go and give it away to as many people as possible. Because what happens with this gift of salvation? It is multiplied the more you give it away. So every time you give it away, it it is fresh again to you again because you're telling about how you got saved and then you think, Oh, and then you so excited because I was that way. I was lost, I was undone. I was bound, I was drunkard. I was alcoholic, I was whatever, blah, 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 you know. And then he came and he saved me. He rescued me. I was swept away in a torrent of sin, but he reached down his hand and he pulled me out. some of you were in the depths of sin, you were in the depths of desperation, you were on drugs, you were smoking, you were smoking two things at the same time. Some of you had a pipe in one nostril, uh, something else in the other nostril, something in your mouth, you were trying to inhale everything you could inhale. Some of you had needles in every vein you could find possible. If you read about something that would make you high, you took it. You were on shrooms, anything, didn't matter. There are people here that even were on bath salts and, and, and every kind of thing in between. Don't look at me like, you know, you know, you know who you are. You sniffed everything you could. The devil took you to the depths of sin where you were sniffing stuff you never thought you would ever sniff. People got high off of sniffing the dogs behind. No, at the end of the night, you end up hugging a toilet bowl. You think, that, oh, this is so cool. I tell you, it's a beautiful toilet bowl. I love this toilet bowl because you're just bringing everything up. <laughs> but you couldn't wait for the next day to go get drunk again. But the Lord didn't let that bother him. God didn't care how you smelled, how you looked, whatever. He just came and picked you up. He said, come here. You're my child. Come here. I'm going to wash you clean. And then I'm going to remove every stain and every guilt to where you won't even remember. And even if you look at the picture, say, Yeah, that was old me, but that old me died. I'm not in the same person anymore. Even friends that come to you say, Hey, remember what we did? You go, Excuse me, you must have Alzheimer's. Uh, yeah, that person is dead. That person died. That, this person here, you see, is a new person. I'm a brand new person in Jesus. And you know what will convince them? Let me tell you what will convince them. The total transformation in their life. The young man that testified last night is being saved one month. His parents are here. His parents shook my hand today. They said, thank you. They said, it's been rough. We nearly lost him. But he's so happy. Look at him. So already he's affecting. I'm telling you, there you're here. It's awesome. I, was, I shook the hand. I said, I'm so happy you're here. But what happened? The overflow went from Sydney to him, and now gone to the, the parents are happy because they thought they'd lost him. They thought he was gone. But that which was lost is found. Because something you don't know about the Good Shepherd, he might have a hundred sheep over here, but they all say, if he knows where they are, he goes and goes, finds the one. The one trapped in the crevice. The one that is bleating on the shore that's been swept away. And he goes, most of churches around the world, they, all they do is count the 99. One, nine, nine, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten lift, all, ten, five, three, 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 four, fifteen, ten. 99, praise God, they all there, hallelujah. And then when they get with other free, my ninety-nine better than your ninety-nine. I tell you, my ninety-nine. But that ninety-nine are just sitting there, they eating of the benefits of the shepherd. They're under his protection and guidance, but they do nothing. But God wants that overflow. Here he is. There, how many years sober? Two years sober. When I found him, when I walked into his place, it mean, was a wealthy family. I mean, cars, thing, I found him. I could smell booze on him. And I grabbed his hand and I said, man, the hand of God's on you. He didn't even know what that meant. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean you say the hand of God on me? I said, the hand of God's on you. God's going to use you in a great way. What, what do you mean? And I just, I'm, I'm, I mean I went for him. I did. And look at him now. I'm so happy, Brandon. I'm so happy. Yeah. And there's many people with those testimonies. So, but let me tell you, it doesn't matter how busy I am, and I'm extremely busy, and some of you that want to see me, if I'm not available, because I actually went after somebody else that took, I took the time to go after somebody I didn't know and I found them. And now the time that I wanted to spend with you, I'm sorry, I had to go get somebody. I had to rescue them. I had to find them. Are you with me? So don't, you know, I'll try to get and shake hands and meet as many people as I can, but I'm really, I've got to find those people. You can hear the cries. You can hear the cries of the lost. Even through the television, I can hear the cries of somebody's watching right now, and they're stuck in a, di- I mean, a horrendous situation, and they don't even know how they're going to make it to the end of the month, but God has a way. The Good Shepherd will walk into your house today and touch you and transform your life, and you'll never be the same. There's some people that have just been diagnosed with the worst thing under the sun, and the doctors have given them up to die with a stage four whatever. It doesn't matter, stage four is stage four. But Jesus says, don't worry, I'm coming in there. I'm going to touch you. I'm going to make you whole. And I'm just going to say this right now. There's somebody that's coming to your house. God will send somebody to your house. That's for somebody now watching me who said I'm all alone. There is somebody that's going to come and visit you, and it's going to happen very soon. In actual fact, it might even happen while I'm talking right now, there's going to be a knock at the door. Yeah. So this is free. Because it's free, it doesn't mean to say it's cheap. Wow. It's not cheap. It's free. The gospel free. That's what everybody tells me. Um, yes, but it costs to get it out. That's why the Lord had to teach us about how to believe him for provision. Because if I didn't have provision, I couldn't even help myself. You know what I mean? And I remember those days. I remember those days. (laughs) When we take the soda bottles, go down to the store to get the deposit to buy a half a loaf of bread. This is me, Adonica. How many bottles you got there? There's enough for half a loaf of bread. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll be back. Somebody said, you never did. We did. Well, weren't your family successful? Yeah, but when you leave your family, you have nothing. She had the car. I had a voice. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously, she must have felt something. It wasn't because I had money, because I didn't have anything. But she must have felt some kind of an overflow. When I talked to her, I said, we're going to go to the nations of the world. We're going to go to countries. We're going to go travel. I see you with me. I'm not going to do this without you. You're coming with me. I'm annexing you. Now, please, all the students here and graduate, do not walk up to a young lady and try to do that there. Because people hear what I do, and then you go try to make your move. And you're going to get slapped up the side of the head, I'm telling you right now. Don't you go make it up. I think the Lord just told me who my wife is. Don't you try to copy me. Because we've had a couple move on some girls and say, you fine. You're the finest thing I've ever seen in my life. And she says, hit the road. <laughs> you ain't fine. <laughs> and I know some people say, well, how come it's fine for you but not for me? Go talk to the Lord about it. Don't ask me. I didn't do that out of me. I did that out of my relationship with the Lord. I walked in and I was talking to the Lord. The Lord said, That's your wife. So I went over, introduced myself, and made my move. Praise God. Hallelujah. Didn't want to quench the Holy Ghost. Amen. Within two weeks, uh, I won't go into the whole long detail. We're sitting in a restaurant by some accident, just her and me. I was so happy. I thought the Lord set this up. It's like a blind date that we didn't know we were doing, but we ended up doing it. I put, took my foot the, under the table and I put my foot on her foot because I knew that the Bible says, "Every place the sole of your foot shall tread, <laughs> I have given it unto thee." Yea, the verily, Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I put my foot like that, and I felt an anointing. I felt. I said, "Yes." Hallelujah. I feel thee anointing of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. (laughs) So this gift of grace that's free costs What does it cost, Pastor? Everything, it cost God everything. It cost him his only begotten son. So we say, well, there is a possibility that we need to take into consideration that God would have never failed in this whole thing. Well, if that's possible, And how come there was a temptation? What was the temptation in the wilderness? If there's a temptation, that means it's you, you enticed. You enticed. Temptation to quit, temptation to give up, temptation to throw in the towel. Is this helping anybody here? Who's ever had a thought to just quit? Wave your hand at me. But you didn't. Because here you are. Are you with me? Who just had the thought, why didn't you just give up? Wave your hand at me. I got my hands raised and my feet. Then he says, Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod, your staff, to protect, to guide, and to comfort me. So that means when you don't have comfort, he'll bring comfort to you. When you don't have peace, he's your peace. He's your shelter in the middle of the storm. When you've received a diagnosis, when you've been told that your daughter's born with an incurable disease. Basically, when she was born, we were told it could be one of five things and the disease she had was the best of the five. If you were gonna pick one of the diseases, you pick the one she had, the rest were all even worse. And the one she had was from hell. But yet, in the middle of that, the peace of God flooded our life and the Lord said, I'm with you. Yea, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I fear no evil. Lord, my baby, my baby's lying in a hospital. His stomach's blown up. They said she won't ever live. To three. They said she'll, she'll be dead. And you feel the peace. Okay, Lord, thank you. You're with me. You're with me. And then at eleven months, she's she's dying. And we pray, God give us a reversal. At three years, Nitty dies. God give us a reversal. And another 15 years later, she goes on to be with Jesus. And even as you're standing in the intensive care unit of the Tampa General Hospital. After the midnight hour, on Christmas morning, and she's about to cross over, a peace floods your soul. That even though you're walking or you're standing in the deep sunless valley, no sun of the shadow of death, you feel no evil. And as, as I prayed, I said, Lord. And he said, son, do you trust me with your life? I said, I trust you. He said, no, do you trust me with your life? I said, Lord, I trust you. And that was it. He never added anything to it. He never said another thing. He just wanted to know, do I trust him? And I said, I I do. And and it was like, fine. That's all we really need to talk about now. I had many questions, but I realized that I didn't need to know. I didn't need to know. It was on a need-to-know basis. And I didn't have the security clearance to access the other information, I knew that one day I would be able to access all the information, and then I'd be able to understand. So as I'm going through this deep, sunless valley, the shadow of death, I realize that he's with me. I realize that he's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies that even in the midst of tragedy, there was a table, and then I realized that even in the midst of the darkest place, he would pour oil on my head. So I'm sitting in this dark place, and I feel this oil coming on me, I think, man, this is really crazy, I mean, seriously. And you feel this peace. And then something rises up in your spirit. As she breathed out a lost breath, and we held and sank to her, something rises up in your spirit. I could feel the rumble. You're gonna pay. This is gonna cost you. And then out of my spirit come these words: I vow this day. 100 million souls. The devil will pay for what he's just done to my daughter. A bow. A bow. Make a bow. I bow this day $1 billion into world missions. It shall cost you dearly. And then I said I'm going to put 1,000 young ladies in the full-time ministry just to stick it up your nostril. You'll rue the day. That's what happened to me in the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death. But when I come out, the oil was all over me. The oil, and that oil has been That oil has been That oil has reached out and touched him That's been sober for two years. That oil has reached out and touched Sydney and transferred her life, and she touched somebody at the gas station and it brought his whole family. You don't understand. You don't know the price. You don't know the cost of the oil. You don't know. It's in that place as you go into that place. He said, I will fear no evil. But you're coming out, you're coming out stronger than before. It's the worst. It's the worst career move the devil ever made when he pulled that stunt on you and your family. It's going to cost him dearly. You can say, you can laugh now, but let me tell you right now I'm coming out of this thing. I'm going to bust you. I'm going to bust you every which way but loose. You picked on the wrong person. They said I was certifiable. I am. I am. I'm coming out Rambo in the Holy Ghost. I might not have anybody with me, but I'm gonna take this word, I'm gonna put it in me. They can drop me anywhere in the world, they can put me there. Out. They can drop me on a plane with no parachute, and I'm gonna find me a soft landing and when they find me 3 years ago later there'll be a church there'll be a bible school i'll be running an international television network right out of that place you don't understand what's been burst on the inside you don't understand what took place in the middle of my pain he took oil and he poured it on my head and i cannot be quiet and i will not be quiet even though people say shut up shut up shut up shut up don't say that again don't say it again i'm going to say it again i'm going to shout it i'm going to write songs about it I'm I'm going to sing it. I'm going to play music about it. I'm going to dance about it. I'm going to shout it. And when I find other people just like me with the same thing, I'm going to say, join yourself. Come. I need you to join that, that thing that happened to you. You come join yourself. We'll do it together. We're going to smack this thing together. We're going to do it together one for all and all for one hallelujah we are going to do it together man and we're going to do it together not in our own strength or our own power but we're going to do it in the power of the holy ghost hallelujah and then what we're going to do we're going to throw a party because in actual fact, it's already thrown because thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's a whole banquet table. Take your eyes off your enemies. See the banquet table. I told you this last Sunday, the greatest insult you can give your enemy is to sit and feast while he's mocking you. Hallelujah. Take, take that napkin, put it around your neck and just get ready because you're about to eat. This stuff's going to drip all over the place. This is like really good. Mm. And then I'm going to take a little bit of this, put it in there, and then it's going to taste real good. I'll tell you, slap your mama. Somebody said, what are you doing? you crazy. That guy crazy. It, it, he's, terrible things happening to me. He's happy. He's happy. He's rejoicing. And then he's causing problems. He, he's a wrecking ball. He's a rat. The devil's going. Well, we must be shooting blanks. What's wrong with us? We we firing the best shots. He keeps coming out. He's smelling with a fragrance. And and the other demons go, yeah, yeah, you know. He went through the deep sunless valley, but the angels, there, them angels, keep pouring oil on their head. It's that oil, we gotta stop that oil. We we gotta run around and tell everybody that oil's illegal. They can't. They can't have that oil. Don't have that oil. You know, have that God come preach your church, but telling me, don't bring that oil. Don't bring that oil. People say, I want you to come preach at my church, but don't bring the joy. That's what they tell me. Major ministries tell me that come and preach at my church, but don't you bring the oil. Come and preach at our church, but don't bring that wine. Oh, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring an oil tanker. I'm gonna bring a truck full of wine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Hallelujah. Somebody said, tone it down. No, I'm turning the volume up. I'm cranking it up. I didn't start this. The devil started this, but I'm gonna finish it. By the power of the blood of Jesus, can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. That little lady there grabbed me and shook my hand on the way in. You the one who just had a birthday? Huh? She's 81. She's 81. Yeah. She'd been coming to this church. She said, I was depressed. I was downcast. I was downfrauded, But you taught me how to have joy in the middle of the storms. Yeah, 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 yeah. She grabbed me, tears, and eyes right in the lobby. She said, you taught me, Pastor, this is my church. I know people think we've got crazy people here, yeah, but they, they just like the pastor. Because when your head's anointed with oil and it says my brimming cup runs over, that's what's happened to all of you. How I many would say I came here, my, my cup wasn't like it should be, but my cup is full now. There's even people that got a new cup. You came here, your cup was stolen at the last church you went to, but God give you a brand new cup and he's filled to the top and it's, filling, it's spilling over the top. And then one little drop just puts you over. It was so hard for me, church, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to even talk. I would get up and read three, three words and, 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 and drop and I was gone. I thought I would never finish the week. Thank God I'm looking a little bit intelligent here. <laughs> Whatever. And so here's how you're gonna to leave today. And when you do leave tomorrow or Tuesday to go back home, I'm talking about all, all the out-of-towners. Surely your only goodness and mercy, unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life. And the house of the Lord in his presence will be my dwelling place. That's why you must be planted. You must be part of a church. Don't stay home. That's what the World Economic Forum wanted. That's what the WHO wanted. They wanted you to stay home. But God wants you in the family. And look at this beautiful family here today. Look at them. Look. Just have a look around. These are your brothers and sisters in the Lord. All of them are whosoever's, a motley crew, a motley crew of God's dream team. No one would have picked us. Even now, there's certain people that are really embarrassed by us. Are you with me? Do you know that I've had ministers call me to tell me they're embarrassed by me? Do you know that I've had major ministries call me, go, you know, you really embarrass us? <laughs> I go, well, let me tell you, I talked to the Lord and he said, I'm so happy, so... So he's happy, and I'm happy. Amen. Amen. So when you leave today, two angels, one by the name of goodness, the other by the name of mercy, is going to follow you everywhere you go. In other words, you've got your own secret service. You have your special envoy. You can go anywhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, uh, "Is this is this for me?" Um, yeah, it's in the fine print here. Hmm, it's for the whosoever's for the whosoever. So let me close this message with this. If This has been granted unto me and this is so precious to me. But because it's precious does not mean to say it's only exclusive to me because the preciousness of what I receive becomes even more precious when I give it away. That's why the scripture says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And if you think getting saved made you high, give away that salvation every day. You will live in a drunken state of high intoxication. Somebody said, I'm a visitor what have you been drunk what are you drinking? It's new wine, it's new wine. It's a new wine that comes from heaven. It comes from the vineyards that have been freshly, uh, the grapes that have been freshly squeezed that come from the vineyards of God. We are celebrating three years Three years of freedom on this field. That's why we came outside this morning. Let me ask a question. Who was ever locked down in some situation that you found yourself? Wave your hand at me. Wave your hand at me. Yeah. It wasn't nice, was it? Was it great to walk out? It's terrible to be locked down by sin. Wasn't it great to walk out? So do we want everybody free? What do we do? Just give it away, give it away. The more you give away, the, 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 the more valuable it becomes to you. If you don't give away what you have been given, that means it's not valuable to you because you realize that the power of what you have received and the richness of what you received the experience of that richness is only experienced not when I put it in a safe and keep it there and see it once a year it is experienced as I open it up every day and I begin to count my blessings who look what he did here he, He healed me over here. Somebody said, man, stop getting excited, you know. How long ago did that happen? Oh, well, 30 years ago. Yeah, bro, come on, that's 30 years old. No, you don't understand. It's as fresh today as it was when the very first day when he found me, when he found me. So not only do I give away what I've received, but I give into the mission of giving it away. That's why I pledge my life, my fortunes, everything I am, everything that I have to the King. That's why we're raising up 300 multi-menes right here in the church. Why? Because out of this place will come nation shakers that will go to the far-flung corners of the globe. There will not be beggars. And some of you are even seniors that God will mobilize in this final hour. And you'll see the hand of God. God's got you here in preparation. God's got you here in training. God's got you here in in equipping you. But this is our precious. And what we are doing here is putting as much of it into you as we can, as what you will allow us to. So that when you go from here, when you open your mouth, that's what's going to come out of you. When you open your mouth, will not come what the world's talking about: grumbling, grapping, complaining, strife, doubt, unbelief. Then. When you open your mouth will come a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And when you talk to that person, even if you don't see the response you wanted to get at the time, God's Word will never fail and return void. Never. in heaven. Hallelujah. I want to do just a few things here right now on this Celebration Sunday. This is a great Sunday. I'm so happy. A celebratory Sunday, three years, Pentecost Sunday. What a great week this has been. The first thing I'm going to let you do is to give to the Lord of your substance. After that, I'm going to let people give to the Lord of themselves. And then after that, we're going to break the bread. I know it's Memorial Day. Tomorrow everybody would like me to do a whole thing for Memorial. I'm remembering the price that he paid at Calvary so that we all could be free. And I'll talk about all that as we close here today. Because we're not forgetting the price that many have paid. In sacrifice, that's why we stand. That's why I had to stand because I said, if I don't, I have to leave the ministry because I'm dishonoring the price Jesus paid. And if I don't stand, I have to renounce my American citizenship because of all the people that have paid the price for freedom. Yes. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? I had no option. Many looking by television say, "Well, you might have had an option, Pastor. You didn't have to get arrested. There was no option. There was no option. It was either stand." or resign the ministry and leave America. That was my, those were the alternatives. There was no other alternative. For other people, might have been, but for me, it was not even a thought. So today, I want you to give a thanksgiving offering to the Lord, along with your tithe and offerings. And I know people have given the whole week, but this is Sunday morning, this is tithe and offering. And I want you to give it out of thankfulness the fact that you are sitting here today, you're not locked down, sitting by a pile of toilet paper or toilet rolls. You're not stuck somewhere with a ventilator. We had people here from Europe, from Asia yesterday. I said, we never lost one person to COVID. He said, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. I said, no, people died of natural causes or whatever. Maybe they couldn't get into the hospital, weren't treated and people died of old age, but we never lost one member of COVID. There were people out there that we knew of, but God protected this church. The Lord protected the people of this congregation. How many would say with the up-of- hand, pastor, the Lord protected me and he carried me. So on this special day, three years, as we opened in the hot sun of Florida to this day, let's look what the Lord's done. Let's think back in three years where we were where you were and where you are now, and then let us do this in celebration. I want this to be a celebrate, cele- celebratory offering to the Lord in thanksgiving for his goodness and his grace. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless the gift and the giver. Multiply the seed that's sown here today as we bring our tithes and our offerings to you. We thank you that we lay everything on the altar. You have us first, and then you have everything we possess. It's yours. Everything we have doesn't originate from us. You gave it to us, and so of your own hand, we're giving to you now. And so, Father, we worship you. You said as we bring our tithe into the storehouse, you said we could prove you. You said, prove me now, you will save the Lord of hosts. See if I won't open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's no room to receive it. And then you said, I will rebuke the devourer. I will rebuke. And I pray even now that the devourer is rebuked over every person's life and those watching by way of television. As this is a holy moment, I'm gonna ask you, please don't move. The service won't be much longer, but don't move. If I understand people need to go to the restroom, but just take a chill. This is holy very holy. And as you give, don't move because I want to give another call. If your movement might disturb what God's doing with somebody else because the service is not over. I will tell you when it's over. Ask the Lord, say, Lord, what do you want me to do? If you're visiting, maybe God will lead you to sow something. Maybe you From your church, from your personage, from your business. Maybe you're watching online right now and you're sowing into the harvest of souls, but it's a thanksgiving to God's goodness and His grace. So let the Lord speak to you right now. This is holy right now because you're telling the Lord, Lord, I'm so thankful. Here's the thing with thankfulness. Thankfulness always overflows. If I'm thankful for my salvation, I have to tell somebody else it overflows. It's not like, well, you're part of a group, they just tell everybody to go do that. No. No one tells me to do it. I want to do it of my own free will. If I'm thankful, my giving overflows back to the Lord because He's given to me everything. When this thing went upside down in March of 2020 and I got arrested, and the Lord said to me, get message to all the pastors, tell them to get the word out to the church. We sent out emails, we called people, and we said, pastor said, and this is what the Lord said to me, so I said, just tell them, the Lord told me, the job meal will not fail and the oil will not run dry, and God will sustain them, and I'm telling you, God sustained this church supernaturally. I mean, I don't know, unless people moved away, we didn't know about it, but I tell you, 99.99% of the people that I knew, the congregation, everybody found themselves in a better place, in a better everything, in a better condition. Why? Because the Word of the Lord sustained us. That's why it's important to be connected in a local church and be connected in a church that actually hears from heaven because then if the pastor hears from heaven, he's going to give you the Word of the Lord. And by the Word of the Lord you can stand. And by the Word of the Lord you can stand on that even as you're walking through that deep dark, sunless valley. You're not walking by yourself. People are standing with you, praying with you, walking through with you. We'll even come down in that valley with you. What do you think that I do? Somebody said, you just up on the mountains. Boy, I'm, I, I know how to move into the valley like in a split second. I bungee jump into valley and come right and rescue somebody else, climb back out with them. I, I do that all the time. I'm standing there surveying, looking down there. I see somebody down there. I'm going to go get them. I'm going to get them. That's why we're spending all our time, our effort, our resources running to the cities of the world. Why? Because we can hear the cries. It overflows. Everything overflows. Everybody ready? Say hallelujah. Anybody need just a moment? Say wait a moment. I really want to encourage you that are watching my wave television across America, be a part with us on the 300 city tour. There's a drop down box on revival.com says 300 city tour. Maybe you want to sponsor one of the cities. Somebody said, What will it take? I don't know. Don't know what city it is. Every city is different. Just do what God tells you to do. Some places we spend 50K, some places 100K. That's 100,000. Some places, Uh, very little because church buildings come open to us and they don't charge us for the venue. But that's beside the point. The fact is every little bit helps. Whatever you sow today is going to help the overflow of the gospel coming forth from this place besides the amount of money that we spend on the television satellites covering the globe. We spend millions of dollars a year to cover the world with television. Millions of dollars. And so even you picking up the signal today it's cost to get it even into your home, to make sure the sound quality is right, everything. So let God speak to you. Now, Father, bless them as they give. And I ask you, to, as, the, as the bucket come by, just put something in, put, put whatever God puts in your heart, put it in there, and then just bow your heads one, one more time, one more time. Now multiply these seeds. Let this be a supernatural closing out of May. And then June, which the world are calling pride month. But June shall be a month of great humility for your people. Because the prideful will be brought low and the humble shall be lifted up. And so in the month of June, you will lift this congregation up higher than they've ever been before. And I thank you, Lord, for it. And I pray for that blessing and that multiplication everything they believe in you for, transportation, vehicles, houses, lands, property, acreage, businesses, whatever they believe in you for, that even tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday shall be the final days of this month as we close out May, as we close out the third month of the heaps, and we go into month number four. I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. I should just go ahead and pass the buckets. The moment it comes by, you just bow your head, don't, don't move because there's another call going. There's another call taking place. I know I do things a little differently. And there's some people who don't think that you can do stuff like this. But everything should be done in the Holy Ghost. I'm just following the instruction of heaven. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give this instruction now for you that are here in this place that would fit into any one of these categories. Maybe you came here today. You've never given your life to Jesus. You've heard the testimonies. You've heard about this divine grace that's so freely offered to you. You've heard that it is to whosoever. And while you've been sitting here today, you have thought to yourself, you know, I must be a whosoever. And you're very correct. You are a whosoever. And today you can surrender to him and say, yes, Lord. So while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth? You went home, put your head on your pillow in the middle of the night, you breathed your last breath. Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And today, you can choose heaven to be your home. Today, he will come. He will lift you up out of that dark pit and today you'll be set free. The Bible says it's a boiling down the man wants to die, and after that the judgment. But today the Lord calls you. Today was specially designed with your name in mind. That's the reason the Lord sent me as a missionary all those years ago from Africa. Donnie and I landed there with three hundred dollars. Everything you see here is a miracle. And everything you see is his grace. You cannot extend your life, but you have to put it in the hands of the one who can. And today, would you put your life in the offering your life, your heart, will you say, Lord, I'm giving myself to you today. Somebody said, what do I get in return? Eternal life and everything that he has paid for. You get it. It's in the fine print. We can teach you. We can show you what's in the fine print. And then you know what your rights and your privileges are. Maybe you've come in here and say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus. I don't know where I'm going, but today, I want to make my life count for eternity. The devil's not going to have me. He's had his way with me for too long, but today I'm leaving him behind. Maybe you're yeah, here. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord years ago, but I have things that are hidden nobody knows about, but it's, it stopped me pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, hidden things that clog my heart, but I want them free. I want them gone today. I'm not leaving this pavilion like I came. I'm going to come and leave them. I'm going to leave what I've been carrying. I'm going to leave it at this altar. Very interesting that on either side of the altar are two drains. I thought this altar is so appropriately placed. There's a drain there and a drain there. So, you come down here, whatever you leave here is going to go down those rains. Somebody said, Come on, literally, yes, the blood of Jesus is going to wash you, it's going down those rains. They're right here. Every sin, every guilt, and all the shame is going to be broken off of your life today. Every bit of hopelessness, every bit of helplessness is going to be broken. Every bit of depression and oppression and fear and bondage is going to be broken. Every addiction, every thing that talks to you in the night hours and torments you and drives you crazy, and even the voices that talk to you in the head, broken today. Every bit of anxiety, broken. And today, the Prince of Peace is going to say, Peace be still. This is not only extended to you, but those watching by way of television. If we go off the satellite, go to Rodney Ambrard on YouTube to continue watching. Listen, I mean, I get lost. The clock means nothing to me. I went to bed at three o'clock this morning, sleep at 3.30. Somebody said, why? Because I was still reaching somebody. This is important. This is important. Someone's life is hanging in the balance today. It's like a, a seesaw, a teetering. It could go could go like way and and never come back again. They're about to go off a cliff. They're about to plunge into total despair and desperation, never again to even be redeemed. Because this very day, their life could be required of them. Maybe you, yeah, you're a Christian. But you said, you know what? A storm hit me, man, like a hurricane from hell. Maybe you went through the hurricanes, maybe from the south and blew your house away. But a hurricane. Somebody said, what do you mean? A divorce, loss of a job, a betrayal of a friend, something that rocked your world, a sudden illness came out of nowhere. You were healthy all along. Suddenly you can't even function. Whatever that storm was that knocked the wind out of your sails, you couldn't even breathe. We're dealing with that right now. Acts 3 and 19, repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out that the times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of the heat, of reviving with fresh air will come from the presence of the Lord. Today he's going to revive you You're gonna be revived today because he loves you. And then maybe you hear, you say, I do love the Lord, but I'm not sure of my salvation, but I wanna make sure. I wanna know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. If this is you, dear people, Of God, listen to me carefully. Right across this venue, right across this pavilion, if you fit into any one of these categories, or you feel, I just need to respond, I need to put my my life on the altar one more time because the enemy's been bashing me up the side of the head, and I'm going to consecrate myself today on this, the 28th day of the month of May, 2023, and I'm going to lay my life on the altar on this day, Pentecost Sunday, on the spiritual celebration Sunday at the river. If this is you, I want you quickly, right where you are, without any hesitation whatsoever, to put your hand up now and say, that's me. Hands are going up. Slip it up high. All across the field, all the way to the back. Raise up high. Thank you, yes, 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 yes. Stick it up high, yes, 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 yes. More, more, quickly. God speaking to you, you feel the pull of heaven. You feel the pull of heaven. In your homes, put your head up right now. I want every person with your hand in the air to stand right where you are. Stand, 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 all across, all across this privilege, quickly stand. There's more, there's more. God speaking to you right now. Come, come, not another day. No, you're not putting it off. You're not putting it off now. Now is the time. Now, now, come from where you are. Come stand right here. Come bring your purse of belongings with you. Come now. Come now. Come now. There's families that can come. Husband, come. Wife, come. Children, come. Come now. Come down and all that house into the ark. He calls you now. He says, Come. He says, Come. There's others, All I feel the pull of heaven. I feel the pull of heaven. We'll wait for you, come. God's dealing with you. Your heart's pounding, wait, come, come down. Come down, come down, come down, come down, come down. Come down. Mother bring your son, father bring your daughter children bring your parents grandmother bring your grandson grandfather bring your granddaughter come come He calls you 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 you. I was just five years old when I first came down and surrendered my life to the Lord. I've never regretted one moment. I was just five years old. How old are you, young lady? Thirteen. What's your name? Huh? Lillian, do you know what Jesus has for you for the rest of your life? You don't? He has so many big things for you that everything all your friends want is going to lead to nowhere, but what he has for you is going to lead to eternal life and he's going to bless you. And he's going to raise you up to be a mighty woman of God. Amen. Thank you, he loves you. You're special to him. You see, you say, why are you picking on me? Because I held my 18-year-old daughter in my arms on Christmas Day, and she died in my arms. And I made a vow that day that the devil was going to pay. So when I saw you coming, I said, the devil's going to pay because that little girl there, God's going to use her in a powerful way. Yes. I know... I know, that, I know that the devil's come against you strong, but today it's going to be broken off of you. And God's going to put a peace in you. There's going to be no more worry, torment, fear, all that stuff. No more shame, no more guilt. You're going to have a peace. You're going to leave it with a peace. You're always going to remember today, the 28th day of May 2023, when I got peace. I got the Prince of Peace. And then when you, when you turn 18, I'm going to give you a scholarship to River University so you can come here, oh yeah, so that God can use you. How old are you, sweetie? Six years old. And that offer goes to you too when you're 18, okay? I'm a recruiter. How old are you, young man? Three years old, four years old, that offers to you too, young man. Yes, you too. How old are you? Seven. That's offers to you. And you, 11, that offers to you too. Yes. I want you to close your eyes and raise your right hand to heaven where your help comes from pray this off to me right now. Believe it in your heart. You that are watching in your homes, pray this. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, you send in your word. If I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. So Father, right now, I confess, Jesus is my Lord and my savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart, put in the heart of flesh, wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose from me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I'm saved. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day, not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. I pray this now in Jesus' name. And never once said, Amen. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.